Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to season 2 of Cambridge Islamic College's podcast, The Tafsir of Surah Kaf. How can we prefer the afterlife over this life? How can we prefer faith over materialism? Sheikh Akram's tafsir of Surah Al-Kaf explores this in the light of the Quran, the challenging issues of the modern times and what guidance we can get from this surah to find a solution. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عباجا So Alhamdulillah explains the meaning of Hamd and also the meaning of Abd and now the meaning of Al-Kitab. So Al-Kitab in Arabic language means something which is written down. So in the Quran, the word Al-Kitab has been used for more than one meaning. One meaning is the Quran itself. This is the book of Allah SWT because it is written down. So the Quran is written down with Allah SWT then revealed to the Prophet But sometimes the Quran used the word Kitab and the meaning of the Ahkam, the rulings of Allah. Sometimes kitab means just further. Allah has made something obligatory. Kitab Allah alaykum. So kitab comes in the Quran, the meaning of the book, the Quran, the meaning of rulings, the commands from Allah, and the meaning of making something obligatory to more than one meaning. So that's why, you know, sometimes you can see, sir, sometimes comes uh, in the hadith that there was some things which we used to read in the book, but they know more now. The people think there used to be verses in the Quran which had been abrogated. And people used to read them, but now they don't read any anymore. They don't understand the meaning of the hadith actually is there used to be certain rulings ahkam. Kitab there means ahkam. And now those ahkam have been abrogated. So people take a kitab as the meaning of the Quran. And those things which have come in the hadith, they never have been you know, part of the Quran actually very clearly. But I don't want to go into detail. I just want to explain to you, sometimes a kitab does not mean the book. It only means ahkam, rulings from Allah Taala. Now here the question is, Right order should be Alladhi Anzala Al Kitaba Ala Abdihi, who sent down the book on his slave. So, why on his slave has come before the book? So it's an obvious reason because when, when this surah was revealed, the Prophet had so much difficulty and suffering and problem in Makkah and Mukarrama, so much. And Allah is consoling him and telling other people that you know the favor of Allah that has come for, in the form of Quran to you, it deserves thanking. You should thank Allah. Instead of, you know, opposing it and causing problems for the Prophet you should thank him. And then Allah wants to say that, you know, Allah, this is my slave. You know, whatever he has got is from me. I have, I have set upon him. So that's why Allah Abd has come before Kitab to emphasize that the slave is chosen. Allah has chosen him. He is not speaking from himself. Allah is the one who has revealed the book upon him. So to make this, you know, this khususiyah, this specification for the Prophet Allah Abd has come before Kitab. In Arabic language, whenever you change order, one meaning also can become when you want to emphasize something. So because here emphasis is because the salib of Allah Taala, he is not saying anything from himself. You should respect him. You know what he says is not from him. It's coming from Allah Taala. So Alhamdulillah, Allah Anzala Ala Abdul Kitaba. Thank and praise for Allah who sent down on his salib the book. Walam yajal lahu ibaja. And he did not make for it Ayyubhajan. Ayyubhajan means crookedness, bending. He did not make for the book any crookedness, you know, bending. Something like not straight, say Ayyubhajan. In Arabic language, the word comes Ayyubhajan and Awaj both. Ayyubhajan and Awajun. But there are some difference of use. Awaj is used about things which are straight, standing. If there is any bending, bending, you say Awaj. For example, if there is a pillar standing, you say in the pillar there is no bending. So you say, مَا فِي الْعَمُودِ مِنْ عَوَجِلِ 
don't say awaji. What do you say? Mina awajin. Other word to you say mafil jadari mina awajin. Things which are standing straight, if there's any bending or any crookedness, you say awaji. Fa'alun. About the things which are not straight, the lying down, or about the things which are meaning, then Arab use the word awaji. Same meaning, crookedness. To awaji use for the meanings and for things which are not, for the, for the path, road, they use the word awaji. Because the path is not standing. But the things which are standing, like the wall, like the pillars, for them they use the word awaji. And there is a reason for that. So who sent upon his slave the book and did not make any crookedness for it? What Ja'ala means in the Quran? Ja'ala in the Quran comes, sometimes Allah says in the Quran that we created the heaven and earth. And then he said, we made this, we made this. To what Ja'ala comes? Ja'ala comes where Allah has created to whatever he done after the creation. More addition, that is, that is the Ja'ala. So for example, you know, uh, like he, he sent down the Quran. Now the, you know, the beauty of the Quran, what the attributes of the Quran is, that will be said by the word Ja'ala. Our Allah SWT has made the, you know, the earth like Allah SWT said, That you see, he created earth, that creation. But how he made the earth? That is Ja'ala. So Ja'ala is attribute after creation. So whenever the Quran uses the word Ja'ala, it comes about those attributes which have come after the creation. After the creation, you need to adorn, you need to beautify, you need to make something. Then the Quran uses the word Ja'ala. But from making from nothing, Quran uses the word Khalaqa. For sending down Anzala. But after the book has come, then to make certain things around the book, that is the word Ja'ala. The one who did not make any crookedness in the book. What means the book is not bending, you know, it's not no crookedness. Meaning it, you know, the meanings that the book contains, very clear. Sometimes Quran says the book is bayan, you know, it's so clear, it's a clear meaning. There's no ambiguity, nothing is there. And also the words which have been chosen, they are the words which are so soft, so nice, you know, the tongues can use them properly. Sometimes people use those words which are very, very harsh. So in this book, you know, the meanings are clear, the statement is very clear. No crookedness. And actually when the people's mind is very clear, they, when, when they know what to, what to say, when they express it, then the clarity comes there. So sometimes the clarity of the statement actually itself is much stronger than any evidence, any argument. You know, pe when people say something, then you ask them what is your evidence, where, what is your argument, and people make the argument and evidence. But most often if people make the statement clear, you know, as clear as possible, then the people don't need any argument. Because clarity of the statement itself is evidence. That goes deep in the heart. The people's nature is there. So Quran and Sunnah very often don't provide any, any proof. Reason is because they are so clear that people's nature accept them immediately. So they basically meet with the nature of the people. So this is another thing about the Quran. The Quran goes deep in the nature. When you read the Quran, if your true nature, if your nature has not been corrupted, you accept them. So that's why when people ask all the time evidence and, and argument, it always happens about those statements which are not clear. If the statements are very, very clear and natural, then people don't need any evidence and any argument. So one of the beauty of the Quran is that it is very clear, you know, it has no ambiguity, no crookedness, you know, goes deep in the heart. And that another thing which actually very often people don't realize actually, when you see the Western culture and whatever people teach in the West, you know, if you look properly deeply, what you can find actually is 
that the culture which has been promoted for the human being for 200 years or more than that this culture actually it does not fit with human nature it it is contradicting opposing the human nature there are the imposed human nature different so if you see many methods of culture western people have developed they are not how the people used to have for like in the society in the society people used to live you know if i have something in my house and my neighbor does not have i used to give people used to give they enjoy by giving to the neighbor and people have no problem to borrow from each other to help each other that how used to be now this culture that when you have a spare money put in the bank and if i need money i borrow from the bank this culture has been imposed this is not human nature human nature we always have been that you are not, when you have something excess from your need you know you, you other people you help other people you look after the neighbors in all those things if somebody has problem you share the problem this always has been human nature but this thing that you know it is not your problem it is not my problem it doesn't matter to me this is not human nature this culture has been imposed when people somebody you know sometimes you should talk to people something and they say you know it is not my concern it is not my problem it is your problem but this thing is not very very new this culture has been developed it has been imposed against human nature human nature really is that if somebody has a problem i should share it. i should actually have pain for him i should help him i should find out what problem is if i can help the person if i've got more money which can help you if somebody hungry in my, in my, my uh, uh, i should give him the money i should feed poor people many of those things they used to be part of the human nature similarly obedience for the parent to the human nature because the parent and the one who, who looked after you they did favor upon you so you know they they are sincere to you if they command you something it could be for you good it be good for you so now if you are happy people learn from the school very very from very early age that you are independent being independent is not human nature and that's also not true true human nature is that you are born dependent the day you are born are you independent tell me if you are independent you will die if your mother does not take care of you will die the day you are born you are dependent depend on who on your mother then your mother is she independent she is also dependent she depend on the food on eating on drinking so many things she dependent nobody independent here but people have been teaching the people wrong thing that you are independent i'm trying to say that the, the culture that has been developed in the world for few hundred years it basically is a culture of the falsehood it does not go with the human nature so that why when people teach you something for a modern life you ask them evidence of proof reason is because against the culture now when people teach you those things which are in your nature you ask proof why because the, the nature has been corrupted so when people teach you something which is right for example somebody tells you that you should help your neighbor so why this is my money you know, i would work hard he should go and work hard so this question why it is coming because the nature has been corrupted other it is so natural if somebody tells you help your neighbor it does not need evidence it does not need proof so when the quran says allah has commanded you to worship your lord and be good to your parent and your neighbors and poor people it does not need any evidence this is how human nature is that allah has done so much favor i should worship him my parents have done so much for upon me i should obey him listen to, to listen to them this is human nature this does not need any evidence to try to understand where quran said la maj'alu awaja quran allah did not, did not make for the quran any crookedness meaning it it actually meets with the human nature it can force with the human nature it does not need any proof but when people teach you something which is not your, your nature they impose upon you and the impose is so much then nature becomes corrupted now when people teach you the straight right thing you ask them evidence you ask them what the proof is so that is the problem that i understand properly the very often you don't find in the quran sunna evidence and proof the reason is because what is being taught is already you have got your nature you actually understand it that how should be anyway 
you stick it, oh, this doesn't make sense. <coughs> when things make sense to you, and they go to your card, <coughs> excuse me, your card to your nature, you don't ask evidence. So one other attribute of the Quran is, it is the book of the clarity. Clear statement. There no crookedness, no bending statements are clear. They go according to your nature. I Yemen. And then this book is you know, straight. <coughs> Teaching you straight path. The Quran has come attributes of the Quran, you know, more than once. You know, uh, like for example, in the Surah Isra, Quran has come, said, In Hadal Quran, Yahdi Lilatihi Akwamu, Wayubashiru Menin. The Quran guides to something which is much firm, straight path. Why Quran used two attributes? It has no crookedness and it guiding people to the straight path. Same reason which I explained to you about Subhanallah and Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah means Allah is complete. <coughs> and Alhamdulillah means He makes everybody complete. Lama Ij'allahu Ibadah means the book is complete. The book is complete. You don't find any fault in the book. The language, the style, the meaning, everything is complete and perfect. There is no crookedness, no ambiguity in the book. Is it clear? So Lama Ij'allahu Ibadah is the attribute of the Zat of the Quran. Quran itself is complete, nothing is missing. What Qayyiman is? Qayyiman is Quran is also Mukammil. <coughs> it is straight, it, it is complete, it is perfect. It is not missing anything. Qayyiman, it also makes everybody straight. If you follow the Quran, you also become straight. <coughs> okay. So, Lama Ij'allahu Ibaja, it is Kamal of the Quran. And Qayyiman is Takmil of the Quran. So, Lama Ij'allahu Ibaja means Quran is Kamil, complete, nothing is missing, no, no, uh, no defect, no fault. And Qayyiman means Quran is Mukammil. It also makes, makes everything complete, guides you, makes you straight. If you follow the Quran, you also become guided. Is it clear? So I say, Subhanallah, refer to those attributes of Allah, which makes Allah complete, makes clear. And Alhamdulillah, refer to those qualities of Allah, or attributes of Allah, which make clear Allah makes everything else complete. Lama Ja'allu Ibaja makes clear Quran is complete. Nothing is missing. Complete book in every single aspect. And Qayyaman means, if you follow the book, you walk on the right path. It has come to guide you to the right path. That's why the Quran says in Surah Isra, Inna hadal Quran yahdi lillati hiya aqwamu. This book guides people to what is more straight. So, Lama Ja'allahu Awaja is attribute of Kamal and Qayyaman is attribute of Takmil. So, these are two words we use in Arabic language. One question here is, in Arabic language, people who know Arabic grammar, always they have a problem, in Qayyaman is hal. No doubt. Anzala ala adl kitaba it's a hal from kitab. The condition of the book is qayyaman. But what wala maja'allahu abaja? People have many problems. Mala farah his opinion is wala maja'allahu abaja is also hal. So the two hal of this book. Yan al kitaba ghaira ja'ilin lahu abaja wa qayyaman. Allah has made the book in a condition. It has no crookedness. And it is a book which guides to the straight path. One question is in Arabic language. When you use the sifa, there is something permanent. For example, if you say, you know, Rajulun Karimun, a noble person. Rajulun Karimun, a noble person. But if you say, Ja'anir Rajulu Raqiban, the man came to me riding, riding the horse, for example, or riding train or whatever. So when you say Rajulun Karim, noble person, this Karim is called sifa, adjective. What, uh, the, uh, uh, what adjective means actually is, it is a quality which permanent remains. So nobility remains. When somebody noble, he's noble forever, not noble for one day or one morning. Rajul Karim means, you know, he's Karim. When you say Jaar Rajul Raqiban, the man came riding, so he came when he, when he came, he was riding. But he's not riding when he's sleeping, he's not riding when he's in house, to so try to understand. 
to hard actually it is raccoon hard so things which are hard they are temporary hard hard is temporary and sifa is permanent so rajul karim is sifa it is permanent raqib is hard raid it is not permanent it is temporary so why quran use the word hard here that you know allah subhanahu did not make any crookedness in the book and book is straight actually they are permanent quality of the book quran has no defect it is permanent quality of the quran quran guides people to the right path it is permanent quality so why quran is making the hard the hard actually makes as something temporary the reason is quran wants to tell you the condition at that moment at that moment no doubt quran always actually you know perfect meaning is the quran is this what it do to quran allah swt want to tell you the action of the quran it happening at the moment how it happening so sometime actually you want to show the action something moving something happening so the arabic language instead of making a sifa adjective you make it a hal the hal makes things as happening at the moment so for that when sir ajun karim noble person or generous person it could be somebody generous but his generosity is not happening at that time for that i can say zaidun sakhiyun zaid is very generous and he is sitting here can i see his generosity i don't see generosity but think really when he is spending money if somebody said you know zaid you know spending money go and see and then i see his generosity there different matter then i can say that you know uh, then i can make you know the generosity was happening when i saw him so quran was to no doubt quran being straight is permanent quality but quran want to show you that this quality is happening at the moment you can see it this something you can see you can observe if somebody generous and while sleeping he is generous but you can't can't see generosity but when quran says that you know allah subhanahu wa taala made the book qayyim he want to show you that this is happening at the moment it is something evident it is not something in the quran has you have to find out it, it is every time clear to the people that why quran has brought these two at this as hal yeah no no meaning is when allah subhanahu wa taala revealed the quran he was to tell the people every moment this what quran is doing you know sometime attributes are this lined up attributes are permanent with the people but don't see them but these two attributes of the quran are those attributes which are all the time happening people can see with their eyes so they like how they happening at that moment so i mentioned when somebody says somebody noble nobility is something you don't see every time though the person always noble but nobility can't be seen all the time but the quran want to say that these qualities of the quran they are happening all the moment moment people can see them with the eye that why quran use the word hal to hal is something which happening at that moment so you can see every time you read the quran you can see with your eyes actually it is, it is how the quran is at the moment so sifa no no sifat actually is permanent sifat means something permanent but sifat does not necessarily mean happening at that moment does not mean necessarily could it be but not necessarily hal means happening at that moment though it is not permanent that what hal means to farab means ja ani zaidul raqi wa zaid kam right riding this riding happening that moment it does not mean that zaid always riding it could be but there it means when you say raqi it means at that moment happening when you quran use the hal it means that moment you can see it no doubt it is permanent quality of the quran but quran want to tell you every moment quran like that all the time it is something happening all the time people can see it with their eyes it is not something that you know you have to see something to farab when you say that you know that land is dangerous something like that the danger of the land you can see sometimes not all the time but this quality sometimes lying down you don't see it but what quran has these two attributes are the quran every time you can see it every time it is happening every time guiding every time you can see it, it has no defect no fault like happening at the, that moment is it clear now layun jira ba asan shadida min ladunhu one question is 
Why is Evajan not with Tanveen, just like Qayyiman? Evajan, <laughs> oh, in the waqf, when in Arabic language, when you, you when something has, uh, you know, fatha, fatha with Tanveen, so when you do waqf, then noon is gone. So you say, Ra'aytu Rajulan. But if you stop, you can say, Ra'aytu Rajula, no Tanveen. So similarly, if you stop, you can say, Lam yaj'al lahu Ivaja. When you join, then you join together, Ivajan Qayyiman. So you say, Ivajan. But Tanmi dropped because of the waqf, it's starting. Say Qayyima, it has Tanmi, but if you say Qayyima, it stops there, it becomes Qayyima. What the purpose of this? لَيُنْذِرَا بَأَسًا شَدِيدًا مِنْ لَدُنْ So he wants, who wants? Actually, the subject huwa, subject huwa, huwa is a pronoun, refers to three things. It can refer to Allah. So Allah has sent down, so Allah can vote, Allah will vote. It can also refer to the Abdi, Salib, the Prophet Muhammad. Also, can refer to the book. The book can work. All three are fine. Three are sent anyway. So, Leundera, so Allah warns. Leundera also can mean, so the messenger warns. Leundera also can mean, so the book warns. All three can be warned. Allah is warner, the messenger also warner, and the book also is warner. All three are warners. So, here the subject can be any of them. And the meaning will be the same. Leundera, ba'asan shadidam min ladun. So, he warns, or the book warns people. Against what? Against. Ba'asan. So Ba'asan means a punishment basically. A punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the meaning of Ba'asun is. So Ba'asan means al-adhaab and something is stuck. But here meaning is Ba'asun means the punishment. So the book warns people Ba'asan shadidan. You know, severe punishment. Strong and big punishment. Min ladun ho. Ladun means min ladun Allah. Which coming from Allah. Book has come to warn people against the punishment, severe punishment, which is going to Come from Allah. So this actually is very important to understand. That how the book has come. So to warn the people, who are the people? Quran did not mention. Quran only mentioned that to warn. But against who? Those people who have been warned, they are not mentioned here. For reason, I'll explain later on, inshallah. So to warn against a severe punishment from Allah. Why Allah is warning? Many people say, no, Allah, Muslims are very, very angry. He always keeps warning and punishment. You know, is it because of that? He's so angry. He's so merciful. His Rahman and Rahim actually is warning you to alert you. If somebody warns you, you walk certain path and somebody alerts you, warns you that if you walk on this path, what will be the consequence? He is an angry person or his kind person? If your mother tells you, oh my son, don't do this thing, otherwise it will be bad for you. Is she a bad person or she is a good person? Tell me, when Allah warns you, oh my Celeste, don't walk, walk on this path, otherwise you will intend to fire a hell, hellfire. Is it Allah is angry or is merciful? The Rahman is alerting you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he mentions warning comes to alert people. Warning is for what purpose? To alert people. And alerting is out of mercy. To try to understand really that in your Lord is not angry. You know, he is merciful. Rahman, Rahim, he wants to save you. He can say unbelievers, they call in so many prayers for the Prophet They are hurting him. They are laughing at him. They are mocking him. So many prayers happening in Makkah al-Mukarramah against the Prophet Certainly Allah should be angry. But what Allah is doing? Still Allah is so merciful for them. It's still Allah SWT helping them. Allah SWT said, you know, He wants to warn them. He wants to warn them. Why? He wants to save them. Though the people laugh at the Prophet but He wants them to what? To believe in Him and that they are saved from the fire of hell. That's why the Quran mentioned in Surah Al-Buruj that there are people who throw the believers in, in the fire. They made a fire and throw them there. And Allah SWT said the people who have did this with the believers, for them, there is a severe punishment if they don't repent. Well, if they don't repent, 
तो अल्लाह वहां टू टिल स्टिल यू कैन रिपेंट रिपेंटेंस ऑलवेज ओपन तो पीपुल हैव कास्ट सो मेनी प्रॉन फॉर द पर्सन अल्लाह सल्लम एंड अल्लाह शुड बी एंग्री बट स्टिल ही ओपन द डोर फॉर देम दैट नो इफ यू लिसन टू द प्रॉफेट सल्लल्लाहु अलैहि वसल्लम एंड यू रिपेंट बैक आई विल फॉरगिव यू सो दिस वार्निंग हैज कम टू अलर्ट द पीपल दैट यू नो वन अरबिक पर्सन मन काना फी सुख्तही मुहसिनन फकैफ यकून इदा मरवी द वन व्हेन ही इज एंग्री ही डज गुड टू यू ही हैज सो मच फेयर अपॉन यू टू इमेजिन when he happy with you what will he do <coughs> when allah is angry he has favor upon you in even in anger he has favor upon you when he is angry he wants to save you from the from the hellfire he wants to save you from the punishment he wants to warn you if he does not warn the people they will go to hellfire <coughs> but when he warns the people certainly some people will be saved because the warning it a warning is out of the mercy that way the main attribute of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ar rahman ar rahim he all merciful he basically wants you like a good mother good mother Does everything good for you, but she also warns you against your enemy, against it can harm you. She can when you go outside this cold, she will tell, "Oh my son, put on your coat and jacket and this and that because it's so cold." You know, if you don't put on, you know you will have illness. So when she said you will suffer, is she angry? No, she is warning you. She is alerting you. The good mother, she has good news and also she warns you against the bad news. She will tell you, "If oh my son, if you do this, you you will get this." And if you do something harmful, you get harm. So when she says this, she is alerting people. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, when He tells the people that if you don't follow Me, don't obey Me, you know you have punishment. He alerting you. He wants warn you. So He wants you. Again, uh, uh, warns people against the severe punishment from Him. Who are the people? Quran did not mention. Then He said, "Why you bash shall be mean?" And gives good tidings for the believers, for those who are believers. Allah Dina ya amal wa salihat. Those who do. Good deeds. What is the good tidings? Anna lahum ajran hasana. That for them is good reward. So for the people who do not listen to him, for them is severe punishment. For the people who listen to him, believe in him, and they obey him and they do good deeds, for them is good reward. That's good tidings has come. So for good tidings, people need two things. One is what to believe in him, and that I mentioned very clearly. Why you believe in him? Because you don't know and he knows. Because you don't control the events. And he controls. You have to listen to him. You have to believe, believe, believe in him. He don't have full knowledge. <coughs> he is the one who full knowledge, and he is the one who fear upon you. He is the one who controls the event. You don't control the events. He controls the event. You have to believe in him. And once you believe him, then do what he commands you. So we need what? Iman and Islam. Iman is to believe in him, and Islam is to do what he commands. Islam is surrendered to him, submission to him. So in the Quran, all the two commands are there: Iman and Islam. And sometimes Quran says Iman. أنا العمل الصالح لكن في السورة الله في سورة العصر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات. في دي سر الجنة التوتس إيمان أن عمل أو إيمان أن إسلام. تو إيمان هو تبليغ that Allah knows you don't know. You believe in Him whatever command. And إيمان also to listen to Him, trust Him. And then after that you follow His command. That is the عمل الإسلام surrender to Him. Like Ibrahim al-Islam, he believed in Him and then he surrendered to Him. When he when he command you, sometimes his commands will be those commands where you can see the wisdom. They make sense to you. Sometimes the commands will be those commands which don't make sense to you at that moment, but they can make sense to you in the future. And you don't know the future. Tell me then what you will do. They don't make sense to you at that moment. When Allah commands you do this, that moment does not make any sense. But it could be after ten years they will make sense. But you don't see the ten years. So what you will do? Listen to him because he sees the future. You don't see the future. So many people will say it does not make sense. They don't understand really. It does not make sense to you according to your narrow mind. 
in that narrow present but it will make it can make sense to somebody who has bigger mind it also can make sense to you if you can see beyond your present narrow present if you can see beyond the future it can make sense to you allah wants to you trust in him because in time it actually seen by him and can he at the same time can see the present can see the past and can see the future at the same time he also controls all the present and past and future at the same time everything controlled by him we don't see so that why it could be possible something sometimes don't make sense to us but they will make sense after a while and it happens people say oh what actually happened I didn't understand really now it makes sense sometimes you do something and so it didn't make any sense in the past but now it makes sense why because our knowledge is very very little that why the best thing is what surrender to Allah that Islam Islam means to surrender to one who has full knowledge who is full mercy upon you because it could be not make sense to you now but it will make sense in the future it is good for you don't you understand you have to trust in him so when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded Ibrahim alayhi oh Ibrahim said daughter you are son for me did it make sense that is makes really sense Ibrahim had no son for when he was 80-90 year old and no son he asked Allah and Allah gave him a son did he ask the son to die for when he was 7 year old Ibrahim wanted the son to live and he can you know follow his tradition after he died why he asked son can he live and now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked Ibrahim Ibrahim made so much dua Allah gave him a son when Ibrahim needed and when son has become 7 year old Allah asked Ibrahim to slaughter the son that it make any sense it have been better for Ibrahim not to have any son he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala son and he wanted the son to continue his tradition after his death and now when the son becomes 7 year old Allah asked Ibrahim to slaughter the son that it make any sense so what happened did Ibrahim ask Allah oh Allah it does not make any sense what Ibrahim did did Ibrahim say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explain to me it does not make any sense you are wise and hakeem you know your command should make sense does not make any sense to me did you ask like that? No. Surrender. Submission. Submission. Ismail, when his father said to him, Oh my son, I have seen in my dream, I want I to kill you. So Ismail said, Oh my father, it doesn't make any sense. You know, did he say like that? Quran says, Falamma aslama, aslama is dual. When father and son both surrender, they have full submission. That's what Islam really is. When your Lord commands you, <coughs> then that is sense. Because he knows everything. That's what makes sense. So that's why the evidence should be in Islam what? What Allah says. So for example, if you do something, I said to you, the Quran says, that's enough. Then people ask us, what is the rational argument? What is the wisdom behind it? Tell me really, is it not the wisdom that the Quran says? What can be more than that? The Quran says the wisdom is, but what else can be wisdom? If Allah says that enough, that what the wisdom of wisdom is, he's a maker. That's what submission means. Submission means that you trust in his knowledge and in his mercy more than your own knowledge. He is merciful to you. His mercy is much greater than your father's mercy. If Allah wants to take your life, giving your life at that moment, is much better than saving your life. Try to understand properly. This actually is, you know, this, uh, you know, sometime you keep your life alive, sometime you sacrifice your life, you know, it is, it is Islam. That's what submission is. To try to understand actually that in Islam, you need Iman and Islam. Believe in Him and then surrender to Him. Submission to Him. And that what actually is wisdom. So that is sometimes Quran saying, and that is good deal. If you surrender to Him, that is good action, right action. So Quran says, So Salah means that action which is done in the obedience to the command of Allah. That is Salah. Fasad means that action which is done in disobedience. So like Quran says, Fasad corruption has you know, become widespread in the land and in the sea. What does it mean? Meaning is people disobedience to Allah. People don't, don't obey Allah. When you don't obey Allah, corruption will be everywhere. There, there will be disorder. Order only comes with obedience. When people don't obey him, disorder comes. When disorder comes, then the corruption comes. So salah means order. Salah means obedience. And fasad means 
corruption and disobedience. Allah wants you since you believe in Him that His all merciful, His commands are in your favor. They obey Him, listen to Him. So those people who believe in Him and those people after belief surrender to Him and they do good deeds, then good tidings for them is anna lahum ajran hasana for them is good reward. That's very clear. Here you can see Allah SWT mentioned the people for whom the good news is. Who are the people? Al-Mu'mineen. But in the previous one, Allah did not mention the people against whom the warning is. He left it ambiguous. So you can understand yourself really. You can understand. When Allah said to warn severe punishment from him, to who? Who are the people who get a warning? He did not say. But then he said he gives good tidings for the people who believe and they do good deeds. So now we know that the people who don't believe and the people who don't surrender to him, for them is the warning. You understand? The two opposite things. Who for whom is the warning? He did not mention. But who get the good tidings? He mentioned. They are the people who have got two conditions. They have Iman and they have Amal. The Iman and Islam. The meaning that those who don't have Iman and Islam, for them is the warning. They will have the warning. The warning of the punishment is for the people who don't believe. For the people who don't obey him. Or they believe differently. For example, he said he is only one God. Now he said he has got a son. So tell me, is it belief? If you say that a God has got a son, and this son is going to save us. We don't care about God. We care about who? About the son. Son is the one who is going to save us. Certainly, you know, it, it is not belief. Not proper belief. He wants you to believe as, as you should believe. There is no son like that. He never, he, he never has son anyway. He never made anybody in, in charge of the other matter. He is the one who going to save the people. He is going to forgive the people. I remember actually a very nice story. One of an Indian poet, Akbar al-Habadi. He is a you know, very nice poet and very pious person as well at the same time. His son was a judge. In, in near Lucknow in the town, he was a judge. And Akbar al-Habadi himself was a famous poet of India. So once he was in on the station in Lucknow waiting for the train. And you know, everybody came to see you know, after, to, you know, to with him. And even his son, you know, judge who came also, everybody was, you know, around to see him. And there was somebody in a very nice suit and you know cloth and walking. And people said to him, you know, this is the Akbar al-Habadi, the great poet of India. Go and say salam to meet him. He didn't care. He just walking and all the time, you know. He didn't care about the great part of India. Some people said to him, this person, don't you know, he is the father of the judge. Then he came and shook hands and said properly, so respect for the for Akbar al-Habadi. Akbar al-Habadi said, there is a story, once God, he came down in Europe, descended from heaven to Europe, to Europe. And people said to him, he is the one who made the heaven and the earth and the mountains and the sun and the moon. People had no care for him. Nobody came to him, nothing. Then somebody said, he is the father of the Jesus Christ. Then everybody came to him. So, you know, this actually what happening is. So, you know, people, the people, this relation for the people become more important. What Allah is not important. If people invent a new relation that his father and somebody's son, then it becomes important. Allah's importance actually in Christianity now at the moment is only one important, his father. Nothing else really. Every single thing they want from the son. In Christianity as it is now, corrupted religion, in this Christianity, Allah has no importance other than being father of Jesus Christ. That's all. Jesus Christ is the one who matters really. And Jesus Christ, his life doesn't matter. What matters is, they think he was hanging on the cross, so the cross matters. But his life, how he lived properly, how he worship Allah, it doesn't matter. So, and then actually gave you know, birth to many, many falsehoods. So now people think if you believe in him, you love in him, and then you know he will salvate you. Then basically, you don't need to have for any religion. You don't need to obey Allah. You don't, you don't need to be good. What you need actually is, just to love Jesus Christ or believe that you know he was hanging on the cross and the cross will save you. That's all. You don't need to be a good person. Nothing else. When intercession comes, this problem happens. That's why Allah SWT wants people to have peace to Iman, proper Iman. Eyes should be an Amal Saleh, good action. Eyes Allah SWT wants. Obey Him. Don't take from the people. Don't take information from the people. Take information from who? 
from Allah. Don't take knowledge from priests. Don't take knowledge from the scholars, from the ulama. Take knowledge from her, from Allah, from the revelation. That always. In the day of Jannah, you cannot say to Allah, this is how my priest taught me. Allah will say, you had mind. Why didn't you think? Why didn't you go to the right person? Many Muslims say, you know, this is how my peer has taught me. They learn from the, from the peer, from, you know, somebody was telling me this story. Uh, on the TV actually came the, this person, Michelle, I didn't see this program myself. Somebody mentioned, there's somebody and I asked this peer, you know, he was coming, Shaykh, on the TV. He asked, I'm going for Hajj, so I don't remember any tasbih, any dhikr, so what I should read there? He said, no, you must know something, some surah. He said, no, nothing. You know, I don't know anything. He said, okay, if you don't know anything, at least when you are in Saudi Arabia, keep abusing Wahhabis. Just say all the bad words about Wahhabi, you get reward. Think properly. If you get knowledge from him, are you going to say, this person needs to you know, ask him what is your witness? That Allah has made anywhere in the world that you abuse people, you get reward. And you abuse Wahhabis, you get reward. Is this Allah's religion? That what Hajj means? That you go in Hajj and you abuse Wahhabis? You know, think properly. That like a Shia people have made. That if you cast a companions, Aisha and Abu Qasim, Dik Omar, Paru, you get reward. You know, if people follow this religion, they will be questioned. So similarly, Christian people, priests, when they corrupted the religion, they will be questioned. Isa Ali Salam, Jesus Christ, he never taught like that. He taught people to worship Allah. That he said very clearly. And he said, you know, he said to the people, worship my Lord and your Lord. Which they had changed into Bible, Gospel, worship my my father and your father. The word was actually my Rabb and your Rabb. Rabbi wa Rabbakum. Worship my Lord and your Lord. They change the Lord to Father. Or maybe in that language, Father met Lord. In, now it becomes something else. If people follow something like that in the day of judgment, certainly they will be questioned. Allah SWT wants to from Father to Iman and Amal Salih. Ma kathina fihe abada. In which they will remain forever. So fihe means in this reward. In that reward they will remain forever. Allah SWT meaning reward, the paradise. So why Allah SWT did not say the paradise? Because Allah SWT wants to respect human being here, respect your action. You are going to live in your reward. You know, it is so, so pleasing for the people that I achieve something, I do something and my Lord rewarded me and that reward will remain with me forever. So he wants to please you, he wants to make you happy, he wants to respect you, he wants to appreciate your effort. So he says, They will remain in that, that, that reward forever. So sometimes in the Quran comes the word Labitha. And sometimes the word comes in Makatha. Both means living for a long time. But Makathina usually comes when it is forever, no time. And Labitha comes when time is mentioned. Like Labithina fiya haqaba, something like that. When you mention the time, then you, you know, in Labithna fiya laqal. Sometimes you mention, you know, or we study only one day or two na day. Quran said the people will say that Labitha. So Labitha is used in Arabic language when you mention the time. And Makatha comes. When you don't measure time, forever for that. Like Makathina fi abada, no time, no time limit. But when you measure time limit, then you use the word labitha. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please support us so we can continue to bring you world class content at www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org forward slash donate. And please don't forget to subscribe to deepdean.tv for more Islamic studies content in HD videos. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.